0: kind of tag team that one <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's supposed to work this whole podcasting thing
1: um but welcome to uh, another episode says the guy who knows how to podcasting <laughs> okay um this... let's start over <laughs> <laughs> you know this is staying in somehow
0: The We Don't Watch Everything podcast. Oh, shout. <laughs> don't know what that was. Uh, As per we'll usual. Uh, we'll take I'm that in stride. This is been.
1: I don't even get to introduce myself anymore. We've done it differently every time, and you've complained about it literally every yes, time. Yes, that's just how it's going to be. But we're uh, so glad to have you guys with <laughs> us
0: um, for yet another episode talking all things entertainment on a podcast for entertainment about entertainment. Did I get that right? I don't think so. Is the other uh, way you kind of lost
1: me halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Says half our audience about every episode. <laughs> Gotta inflate those numbers somehow. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> ben, how are you doing this week? I'm
0: good. Have a good week? I'm, 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 I've had a really good week. I'm, I'm really excited for this episode. Um, what I mean, is this episode, huh? We've, what are we going to call this? Um, I don't know if there's a good term for it. We just have a lot of uh, recent content that we want to talk about.
1: You know how when people just post uh, 10 photos at the same time on Instagram and yes. they call it a photo dump? Yeah. That's kind of what we're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. A that, lot. Of, the, the key thing is it's a lot of things we've been watching recently.
0: Oh, yeah? Um, these aren't like deep cuts or like old things we're rediscovering. Oh. These are like... No really hoodwinked references today. <laughs> well, well, see how long that lasts. But um, no, yeah, these are uh, it's it's Oscar season, um, as we know. Yeah, that's gonna play into this. We have a couple of other things we've both been watching that we want to talk about. Also,
1: watching at the same time. We don't usually yeah, do that. Yeah, so usually that's fun.
0: Yeah, or it's uh, you recommend something to me, and then I wait way too long before actually watching it.
1: And then you recommend something to me, and I watch it immediately. Right, and I'm a good friend. Yes, that's how this works. And i probably just generally spend more time in front of my TV. Than you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but you wanted to lead off with... Uh, Oscar some- talk!
0: Oscar talk, yes. Okay, I don't
1: have a ton of things to say about the Oscar. I just wanted to briefly hit up on it, because I'm sure we'll, we'll do some more Oscar stuff as the season gets closer near the end of April. But So the nominees came out a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was really looking at it this week, and I was like, geez... I haven't seen any of the Oscar nominations this year for Best Picture. I can't remember a year uh, in the last decade where the nominees come out and I haven't seen at least one of them. And I realized, like, well, this has been such a weird year. I haven't been able to go to the theater. (laughs) And then completely ignoring the fact that a lot of these were released straight to streaming sites and I'm just lazy (laughs) and didn't get around to them. But the weird thing you think about is it feels like they just didn't release a bunch of movies, period.
0: Like, yeah. COVID obviously put a very big halt into movies. production and especially like the really big ones
1: that, that you would go see in a theater. Like they just it just they just weren't there, it feels mm-hmm. like. So yeah. Um we'll see how streaming sites carry the movie industry for the next year. Uh Warner Brothers obviously already committing to releasing all of their movies for this coming year onto uh HBO Max. Shout out to HBO Max. Currently second on our Waywall scoreboard, which we'll update tonight. Yeah, we have a few but, uh, I basically just wanted to lead off the podcast with talking about how weird the Oscars are, and then I'm start. I've started my um, work through, and I'm gonna hope to have all of the Oscar nominees watched by the end of this weekend. I it, it's eight, right? They don't have eight, seven. That eight, sounds eight. right. Seven or eight. I've watched. I watched three this week so far. I've knocked. I knocked out Sh- Trial of Chicago Seven last night the sound of metal the day before and uh nomad land the prior weekend gotcha so from the way i understand it just a little preview nomad land seems to be the 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 odds on favorite for winning the award and after watching it i and watching a couple others i can't imagine that it doesn't win i i, I was blown away by nomad land it was beautiful francis McDormand is bay I love Francis McDormand. She was incredible in this movie. Um, truly, truly a beautiful piece of cinema. Interesting. And uh, yeah, but you watched it, so that's, I want to know the what crazy you thing about this. <laughs> there were no CGI fights. There were no CGI fights. I know you actually. were hoping for it, yeah. but Ben, um, I'm really dying to find out. What did you think of Nomadland? What did I think of Nomadland? Did I enjoy it? I don't know. Was it a good
0: movie? Yes, it was a very good movie. I think that's an important distinction to make a lot of times, and that's something I kind of fall prey to, where I a lot of times don't challenge myself and watch things I wouldn't normally watch, um, even if they're, like, I guess well-made or, like, um, like, represent a genre well. I won't watch it if it doesn't give me, like, direct like entertainment or satisfaction mm-hmm. right enjoyable um,
1: doesn't always mean good and not enjoyable doesn't always mean right that.
0: which if you know anything about nomad land or have seen it enjoyable is not quite the word it is <laughs> yeah. genuinely not enjoyable yes to, but it's for, meant from just to, like a
1: surface level but it's like, meant to be that way cuz yes, that's the kind of story it, that it's it is telling. not an entertaining like laughing action thing. It is a truly sad story. But there were moments I did laugh. There were oh, yeah. little
0: moments that, um, but no, just, it was kind of, I don't, I don't know if refreshing is the right word, but it was good for me to, you know, work a different part of my brain and appreciate mm-hmm. storytelling. Put your film critic glasses on for a second. Right, yeah. But what were your impressions? I know you said you absolutely love this movie, but what about it um, make it, the best picture for all intents and purposes.
1: Well, for one, the situation that they put themselves in with the Nomad land essentially, being a section of the country and a section of people that you wouldn't normally be, have, be acquainted with. These mm-hmm. people who, who have decided to live in bands to kind of separate themselves from the world they've come from whether the world they came from was mean to them in some way or it it spat them out and this is how they're coping and a lot of people are living really happy lives that we can see even though they don't have the material possession and that's just what the movie like that's what the movie is about these people yes so in the landscape that they had they didn't really even have to be all that creative about how they filmed it to have really beautiful cinematography and the movie was just absolutely stunning some of the scenes they made uh, the beet, the sugar beet rush in Nebraska <laughs> looked like the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls. It We're not incredible. just saying that to pump up Nebraska, which we both love. But anyway, do to know where we
0: live? <laughs> no.
1: No, we, we do. don't live in Nebraska. <laughs> Only losers Nebraska live in Nebraska. <laughs> um, and then Francis McDormand, I, I'm whenever I get my film critics glasses really on, I'm the thing I feel most inclined to be able to connect to is the performances. Right. And Francis McDormand, uh, if you're a betting person, put your money on Frances McDormand for best actress. I don't, I don't think there's a chance that anyone else wins it.
0: See, so, yeah. And you, um, I, I, I researched nothing about this movie before watching it. Mm-hmm. All I knew about it was you told me it's probably the front runner for best picture. Doing no other research or anything on it, after watching it, I also came away with the impression that Frances McDormand is probably a shoe-in for, um, for top spot as far as <laughs> actors go.
1: And it's probably irresponsible to say that she's the frontrunner for this without having seen the other movies, <laughs> all the movies that the other nominees are for. I don't even know who else is nominated for Best Actress. But I say to those people doubting, it is not irresponsible you just need to watch Nomadland because if you've seen, and it, then you'll know. It's just I don't. There's not a lot of years where she wouldn't win Best Actress for her performance yeah, in this. They, sure. Like she, she, yeah. I'm not saying it's the greatest female performance of all time, but there's it would. It's up there.
0: Well, and it's not one of those things that's like overt or like overacted or anything like that. It's it's much more subtle. It's just mm-hmm. in her like expressions and her mannerisms and the way she conveys her emotions without talking a lot. Like she doesn't have a whole lot of I guess speaking parts mm-hmm. in this movie. It's a lot everything is a lot more like subtle like I said. But yeah, it was uh, uh disturbing at some parts but never it's never like gruesome I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that like really gives you pause. Um the There one is part, a nude scene in this there is. movie.
1: Um but for I an think. R-rated movie I didn't feel like it was too I think it top. probably got the R simply because of that one scene, right. but the scene is not. It's an odd scene because it's not like it's it's not sexual. It's not glorified in any way. It's no, just like it's, it's just, the opposite. It, actually, it's, it's quite odd yeah. that it's happening. Like you're seeing it, but like you don't really even see it in in actuality. Like you don't really see it yeah anything. But
0: no, but the the part that um the the part that made me laugh the most and that stuck with me. Um, it kind of sums up everyone in the movies. Like it sums up their attitudes like, of this like culture. Um, so early in the movie, when they all go to like the gathering for the first time in the desert mm-hmm. in Arizona, and they're all sitting around the campfire and they're sort of telling their stories of like their life situations and how they ended up here and why they wanted to leave everything behind. And there's the one lady who's talking about how I forget who it was, but it was her like one of her friends or like someone she knew who like lived a long life like got ready for retirement bought a boat that he was gonna Mm -hmm. take out but it just stayed in his driveway he didn't have time to like go use it before Mm -hmm. he died and she's like that's not gonna be me with my boat i got my boat out of the driveway and now i'm here in the desert and that's just where she stops talking it's like not taking it's like oh you're not gonna use your boat in the desert it's like you still don't know where you're going you don't know like what the point is well her boat was her van but, like, <laughs> no, but, like, still, like, the like the idea, like, there's still this, like, disconnect of, like, you still don't know,
1: uh-huh. like, where you're... But I think the part, the, the thing that made the nomads interesting to me was that knowing where they were going wasn't the important part. Exactly. It was all about the journey. It was just that they were going. And, and like, you see that with um,
0: the main character, Fern, with her journey. Like, every time she gets to somewhere where you think she's, like, arrived or, like, where she could find happiness, mm-hmm. like... She can't stay there, she's move e- on. even if it's, like, a good situation, even if it's, like, with good people that she cares about. And, like, the only person that, like, actually really understands that is, like, her sister, who's the one who's, like, the most established and, like, stable of, like, anyone she meets in the movie. But it's interesting, she's the only one who understands that, like, she has to move on. Everyone else kind of treats her like, like, you're you weirdo, like, mm-hmm. you're living this odd lifestyle, like, this isn't
1: good, but... Yeah,
0: that that was interesting.
1: So one last thing I want to talk about, Nomadland, before we bore our <laughs> audience. In in this movie, Fern, the main character, um, that's her name, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, has a lot of odd temporary jobs that she works as she continues to move through, and she has a yearly position at Amazon. Mm-hmm. And at one point, someone asked her, "Like, do you like working at Amazon?" And she speaks very highly of it. Like, oh yeah, working at Amazon's great. Like. I love it. The pay is great. How much of the budget for this movie do you think was paid for by Amazon to get them to say that? Right.
0: What do you think about how much screen time it gets? Like they literally film multiple scenes inside of Amazon. That's mm-hmm. like that's not a coincidence, but which is kind of surprising. It's not streaming on Prime. It's only on Hulu,
1: for Hulu. now. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah,
0: it's nowhere else. So you got to get Hulu if you want to venture into Nomadlands. Um, did you at any point? Feel, I, did you at any point watching this movie? I, I know you can like relate to these characters in a very like odd way of like maybe understanding where they're coming from. Did the idea of a nomadic lifestyle have any appeal whatsoever to you, or was it just kind of like you're looking at this as this is this odd thing
1: that these weird people do? I was not drawn to live that way, but I was drawn to spend more time outside. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was drawn more to, like, getting more into, like, camping and spending time in nature and hiking and that sort of thing. I was not at all
0: drawn towards <laughs> a nomadic pooping into a five-gallon bucket. <laughs> Unless you live in a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> then it's a two-gallon bucket.
1: Gross. Yeah,
0: so, yeah no, you, you see, like, the gritty day-to-day life part of it, and they also take that into account with, like, they're experiencing things that, like... People normally don't get to and like there's something to be said for that mm-hmm. and
1: yeah but yeah to not- close it out incredibly heartfelt really sad movie time I did cry a few times watching this so maybe that'll be a thing on the pod how many <laughs> times did Phil cry during this movie Nomadland three times <laughs> yeah. not not a fun watch but a worthwhile one a very beautiful say. movie worth your time I would say no CGI fights no CGI fights Maybe the Snyder cut has them. Maybe the, s- <laughs> the <laughs> Snyder <laughs> the Snyder cut of *Nomadland*. Do I get to talk about the Snyder? Let's talk cut? Talk
0: about now? the Snyder cut.
1: <laughs> all right. Next on our way, wad dump. Did you watch? You, you I didn't know. end up watching it, but okay. Well, something it's I have been you. very <laughs> excited for finally dropped: the Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. Is airing on HBO Max as we speak, and for some reason we're filming a podcast instead of watching it again. <laughs> I've watched it twice now. Uh it's a four hour movie. I've watched it twice. <laughs> the first time I sat down and watched it all the way through. Uh the second time I watched it in like half hour chunks. And it's still good in half hour chunks. You could watch it as a TV show, basically. Mm-hmm. Um Lots of things to say. I don't know how many things we'll get to in the podcast, but one, I think Superman's my favorite superhero now. He had a pretty cool moment in this in this movie. I think he's my guy again. Two, this movie, the Snyder Cut works in all the ways the original cut didn't, and I think it's a really great movie, and it's a really great action superhero movie of the kind. Um... I've seen a lot of people coming out and saying, like, this This is the greatest comic book movie ever made. Like, I've seen a lot of comments Ow. like that. I think that may be a bit of an overreaction. I don't know. An in-the-moment the the... thing. It's an in-the-moment yeah. thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far to say it's the greatest comic book movie ever made. I think Dark Knight and probably even Dark Knight Rises is still... I would still rank ahead of it. But I would... I. You might scoff at me for saying this, but I'd put it right in the same tier as Endgame... Hmm. Winter Soldier. Like wow. The be- like the best of what the MCU had to offer, I put Justice League right there with it. Well, it's an interesting discussion though because you're kind of comparing apples to oranges
0: there. Where you're comparing original versions of a movie to this. No. I don't know how fair of a comparison it is or how, how unfair it is. I mean, I don't know. But Did
1: you see that the Russo brothers said they'd be open to releasing a director's cut of Endgame? That would be interesting. Or was it Infinity War? I can't remember, but Yeah,
0: they're already like super long. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you're right. Like it is a it is a, a recut. So I said it works in all the ways that the original didn't. Maybe because they it's just, different. They went through and realized <laughs> like, oh, this is all the stuff that was wrong. Let's change that part. But uh, huge fan. Um, it made I, it. Just characters were real characters in this one mm-hmm. instead of just like prop pieces in the first in the original cut. Like the flash was just a joke like side piece in the original cut and in this one he's a really interesting dynamic character. And so it's it's very different, it's very good. Um, but that's I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about it besides I've spent a way too much time watching it since right. it came out. <laughs> Do we need more directors cuts in general? I've always been a fan of director's cuts. Um the original, like, the, the first one for the DC universe, Batman vs. Superman, mm-hmm. the theatrical cut was also not very good, and that was still Snyder making it, but the supercut is what they called it at that time, I think. I I really enjoyed the supercut for Batman vs. Superman, and it, it was a very long movie, but I was into it. And Lord of the Rings, I can't watch the theatrical <laughs> cuts, I yeah. have to watch the, yeah. the director's cut, so I, I, I'm a fan of the idea, um, but... I like it more as, like, an after thing than a... Like, right, no, it's, it's not yeah. what you go watch originally. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Because, well, yeah... I would be the, the, for more of those.
0: The, and I think that's especially important, when, like we said, when you're, like, comparing movies to each other. Like, you judge them based on, like, how they are as actual finished product movies. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a different concept than, like, what the director had envisioned in their mind and what they wish they could have put in. It's like, there's something to be said for boiling down and getting your best elements to make the best final product possible mm-hmm. like well of course if you leave like everything in like it's going to be better in some ways but like it's not really fair i think to compare that to the finished product that someone else which is like that's what's so good and so impressive about the marvel movies is how much material they have and how much they have to do and how they still boil it down
1: into like mm-hmm. a streamlined like good story
0: yeah so that, that's from coming to someone who yeah. hasn't
1: seen the snyder cut but that so. makes sense. Why you're like that? Put putting it that way really does make it apples to oranges. Because I do think yeah. there's a lot of weight to what you said. Um, but also on that note, in the way that entertainment is changing and going to streaming, like I I, I don't have that much against four five hour movies. No, because okay. I can watch them. <laughs> you just pick it up and watch it like in bits. I can watch them forty five minutes at a time, yeah. and the Snyder cut is also broken down like I think it's four or five parts, like it'll it'll say part one and then it'll go black screen and say part two like you could it, they're very good stopping points. you could just stop right there. It's like meant to be that way right exactly like yeah. you you can definitely stop at those parts. I didn't the first time because I just had to watch where it. meanwhile you're there's I'll no go watch it again after <laughs> we're done here before
0: we even finish. he just turns it on but you're not gonna go to a movie theater and watch a
1: four-hour no, movie. No, I would never ever. go to a movie theater to watch a four-hour. No. movie. I wouldn't. No. I, I I would hardly ever go to a movie theater to watch a three-hour movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> but from the confines of my own home, I'll do it every. Yeah, day.
0: yeah. Like you said, you break it up, and
1: um, that's kind of what I tend to do with a
0: lot of movies anyway. I've made, I've just there's a point of time in my life where I was almost exclusively just watching shows and streaming, mm-hmm. and so I just kind of took that mindset and put it. And to like, whenever I'd watch a movie, I'd watch it in like two or three parts, which isn't yeah. the best way to enjoy every movie I understand, but that's mm-hmm. just kind of,
1: I'm sure like, the, the directors of those movies would be cringing. Yes. <laughs> if you, if at, my, that. at my important opinion of such things. Well, no, they, they make movies for people to enjoy Yeah. They, sure. they want you to enjoy it their way. Yeah. So. Which is what a director's cut does. Which is why I'm down for director's cuts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, should, so I mean, to summarize, shouldn't be the goal or the final product but it's very important and very enjoyable and maybe becoming more viable Mm -hmm. in the direction we're going.
1: Yeah. So I'll be interested most in the DCU to see if they keep it going. Because the original, I don't know if you saw the original one, but from what I remember of it, it did not set up any sequels. Like it didn't, like it didn't, lead into anything mm-hmm. but the Snyder Cut led into a whole bunch of stuff
0: he had all these ideas up his sleeve
1: but it was it was originally such a failure and I, I forgot the original one came out in like 17 or 18 like it's been three or four years yeah. since the original yeah. cut came out
0: see and that's why I was kind of like surprised to see the news of it coming out because I'm like well that seems like so long ago that like Justice League came out like that mm-hmm. yeah that's just really interesting to me
1: so I'm happy it came out. It was great. I'm, a, I'm super into it. I'll, I'll definitely watch it again. Now there evening. are CGI fights. There are this. a bunch of CGI yes. fights in this. Which proves that a movie can be good whether it has CGI fights or not. Well, if you really want to compare apples to oranges, read my blog post about Nomad Land versus <laughs> Justice <League. laughs> Where Where should we find this? Uh, on a piece of paper in my <laughs> office somewhere. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, well... What are we um, going to do next? We have, we have, what's next on the docket? Um, staying on the idea of
0: superheroes and expanding universes <gasps> and streaming. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. What's one recent thing that came out? Um, I, I'm, I forget exactly when the episodes come out, so I don't know. Don't they come out on Friday? Yeah, so I don't know where people will be in the timeline when we get this um, out. On Probably the, two on episodes the be out at this point. Right. But we're talking about this having only seen the first episode. So of don't the... get mad at us. <laughs> so, may, if, so if you haven't seen it at all, we're not going to be spoiling two episodes. Or just like one. If you're starting from
1: the beginning. But anyway. Um, ben, what on, are you watching? Disney Plus. Which have we had a Disney Plus? We've had one Disney Plus what was way why it was it was
0: WandaVision. Okay, right. And this falls into the same category. Yep. Another MCU.
1: MCU Plus. Um <laughs> they are how long until they just make that? It's gonna be so All I use Disney Plus so far for is Marvel and Star Wars. So. <laughs> it's just the same. <laughs> um
0: but Know, are we ever going to get around to actually saying what this is, or are we going to find more ways to put it off? And our next way, <laughs> what are you watching? You're never going to know. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I would um, like to say first, I'm disappointed in the name. You think it's just too lazy just saying the names of the two main characters? No,
1: I think it should have been Falcon and the White Wolf. Remember at the... Uh, End of whatever movie that was, uh, Black Panther T'Challa calls Bucky Barnes the White Wolf. Oh, and I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, comic lovers in the audience, but I'm pretty sure the White Wolf is the alias that Bucky Barnes takes on after he abandons the Winter Soldier Right. Attack. Yeah. I just think it's a dope name, though. No, I would have liked that. And that's
0: that makes more sense, animal pairing. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I didn't even think about it that way. (laughs) What do you think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? What are your impressions of episode one? And where is this all going?
1: Uh, I really enjoyed the first episode. Um, I'm a big Anthony Mackie fan, Mm. which through my discussions with a few people about this show may be why I like Falcon so much. Yeah, like apparently I like Falcon a lot more than a lot of people I know do, and I think it might just be because I'm a big Anthony Mackie fan. I am too, for sure. Okay, um, so I'm glad yeah, we're on the same. He thing
0: was very that. good in the Hurt Locker. Um, yep, in a deep cut. I don't know if you've seen the Adjustment Bureau. I've not, but yeah, that's another good one that he's in the Matt Damon movie. Um, I want to say early 2010s. Okay, um, I didn't even so, know he was working that. Yeah, ago. it was one of his like earlier ones. That was I think the first one I saw him in. And so that's why the name is kind of stuck with me.
1: He's also in a really weird Black Mirror episode.
0: <laughs> I I saw I've seen one episode of Black Mirror and I never
1: want to touch that show again. I don't think you'd enjoy his episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> um but he's always I, I don't want to say he's just a supporting role. He has but always but
0: Falcon has always just been a Captain America sidekick. Right. Falcon has, but Anthony Mackie's parts oh, have yeah. been for the most part too, and that's why he kind of plays into this so well. Um but the whole point is—it's interesting. They're looking at this show where these two guys have been the sidekicks, you, you could say, mm-hmm. in the action, in the normal MCU. They've been captain sidekicks. Yeah. and all of a sudden, they're—it's like what happens when we focus the story on them, and like mm-hmm. what does that look like? And it's—I think it, they can do such interesting things with that. And I think we're headed really good places.
1: So they're each gonna have their own little like timelines going, and then there's gonna be a, a central one where they cross paths. Right. I'm much more interested in Bucky's timeline and, like, what they introduced with him in the first episode than I am with Falcon. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't have cared less about the whole boat thing. <laughs> the boat thing. He, but, goes, he goes from
0: saving the universe to I'm having money problems and my boat is uh-huh. an issue.
1: <laughs> and But Bucky making amends, quotations and yeah. air quotes, yeah. uh, with former HYDRA people, super interested in that. <laughs> that's yeah. <was> super cool. <laughs> it's out there. Another thing that's
0: interesting that this does is so what I like about these little like side pieces and like spin-offs, it gives you a feel for like what this universe is actually like. Mm-hmm. And like for guys who are kind of on the periphery of it, not only seeing their own stories, but seeing like how they have, how this whole catastrophe that has been the last decade the plus has affected them. Where like so like Falcon, like doesn't have money, like uh-huh. he's broke because he was didn't exist for five years, and like practically you don't think about that because the movies are on such a bigger scale. Where's their stimulus check? <laughs> right, we have a we have a Thanos stimulus program.
1: I mean, we need <laughs> we need some kind of relief, but it's well, like half you, the money went away too. <laughs> did it though? That well, we don't need to get
0: into this. <laughs> But, no, it, it's, uh, yeah, these little things you don't think about. It makes the universe feel a lot more full, I guess. What are we laughing about?
1: I'm starting to think we should have come up with an idea for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about stimulus checks in the MCU. I mean, where are... Like, seriously, though. But, like, you can't just deny someone loan because they don't have any work experience for the last five years. It's like, they didn't exist. Right. That was a that was weird interesting that happened. yeah
0: also the idea that like these guys he, both uh bucky and falcon weren't like the super mainline like heroes that everyone knows like everyone mm-hmm. knows captain america everyone knows iron man but like people don't quite recognize who they are like
1: like um, the, it took the bank guy a little bit to realize yeah. like you're the falcon I'm and and, and like the the girl that bucky is like
0: hanging out like on a date with she
1: like she doesn't seem to know who he is. Well, Bucky Barnes would probably be more commonly noticed for being like, weren't you that terrorist that killed, the, like, blew up that bomb that one time? Yeah, but his face was kind of, like, covered the whole time. Like, but, like, did It wasn't, like, widely... He, would he have ever gotten coverage as a
0: superhero? No, it, no, but, like, that's the thing. is like, these people were part of what we have seen as this super... super big catastrophe, and you'd think people would know them, but, like,
1: they just don't. Here's an opinion... If you're going to call him the Winter Soldier, bring back that black mask. That thing was sick. <laughs> it was. <laughs> That's all I have. That's... <laughs>
0: yeah, but no, I'm interested to see uh, where this goes. You can't get too deep because it, there's just not much to work with yet. Yeah. But I think it's on a good
1: trajectory. But um, as as we discussed in the superhero pod, um, Captain America Winter Soldier is our favorite MCU movie, right? Right, yeah. And this is basically just those guys yes. from that movie. So hopefully we get a lot. And even one of the bad guys from that movie was in, in the first episode. Yeah, he, but very, guy, very briefly, though. Just in the opening fight scene. Yeah. But I want to ask you your, your thoughts on the opening fight scene because I was a big fan of it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Everyone else I've talked to about it so far has disagreed with me. They didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. But I was a big... I, I really enjoyed
0: it. Well, it was... It felt very much like from the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Like it was very movie-esque. And it was like such a contrast from the rest of the show and like where you know this is going. Mm-hmm. Like they're not gonna have anything like that regularly. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe not till like the end as like a, a climax of sorts. But um it was I think it was like there for the purpose of like having this big overblown thing to like Well, this is, like, who you know, like, he's... This is the guy who was fighting with the Avengers and everything Mm -hmm. and going on missions and saving the world. And now you're gonna see the contrast of just his everyday life and, like, the things he has to deal with and see it from that perspective. I think that was the whole point. But I was a fan of how it worked, you know, narratively. But I don't know. I don't... People had, like,
1: gripes with it, you're saying? Like... They just didn't like it. They just... I, I said something like, that fight scene got me hyped, and ah, I, yeah. like, I thought it was boring. Well, well, it, screw it, you. Then. It didn't
0: have, one, it felt like it went on a tad too long, which I don't know if that was mm, intentional. Maybe, But it didn't quite, it obviously didn't have like the full Marvel movie polish. Uh-huh. Like, the rest of the. also, he's not a
1: superhero, per se. He's, he's not. He's got in a suit.
0: But I'm saying just like, effects-wise, like it wasn't uh-huh. quite there, which you wouldn't expect it to be. Yeah. It's not a super expensive blockbuster movie. But, no, it served its purpose, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah. Go watch so, yeah. it. Keep keep up with it. We'll, uh, sure... I'm sure it will not be the last time we yeah, talk about... I'm sure it'll come up again. Winter Soldier and Falcon. Whatever it's called. Yeah, I, I mix that up every time, <laughs> like What's next on the list? What you got next? Next on the list... Is it time for the main event? If we consider this the main event. I felt like we had, like, four main events, but... I would say this was the one we were most I excited about. I was very about. excited. And this it's... is the one we probably have the most talk about. <laughs> Everyone who's already annoyed with listening to this episode has <laughs> <laughs> just groaned. <laughs> if, hey, if they're here, then we love you.
0: <laughs> um, love you! We want to talk about a little show on Netflix. Netflix is the only place you'll find it now and you will ever find it.
1: I like that we're going to keep doing this theme of really long intros to shows without telling people what <laughs> well, it is. Well, I just tune out <laughs> By the time. We're we- watching Last Chance You. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> we- Last Chance You basketball. Edition. Yes,
0: that's an important distinction because there have been. Five or six? S- five other seasons. This yeah. is the sixth. This is the sixth season. All five have been football.
1: Right. Ben, why don't you break down what the general concept of a normal like last ch- the theme of what a last chance you season is? Right, because you
0: you you've seen like bits and pieces of the previous seasons, right? I've
1: watched the first season all the way through when it came out. Yeah, so, it's so been a while. while ago. Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay, so essentially, the show follows junior college athletics programs. It's been typically with football teams. I switched to a basketball team for this season, which we're going to talk about in a minute.
1: So it's called Last Chance U because
0: because junior college is, it's not your stereotypical idea of a big time. It's not your final. It's hopefully not your final yes. destination. It's it, your last chance. It's to not get the there. place you want to be. Yeah. Um. It's not your glitz and glamour, a bunch of fans in the stands, tradition, uh, cookouts, mm-hmm. tailgates, packed stadium type of thing. Is this is a place where people who are not on a good path or need some help go, trying to make it to a higher level to division one, Um, whether that's like you're having academic issues or they've had, they've gotten kicked out of other programs in the past, or they just have other things that are keeping them from getting to where they wanna go. So typically these people come in with a lot, the, the athletes in these programs, come in with a lot of baggage and a lot of like personal problems. Um, Whether that's like family related, they've had like bad situations, they've, had like major character issues and so they end up with a bunch of people who on this team who don't want to be there their whole goal is to not be there mm. is to perform well um for scouts and, and uh, coaches from higher levels so they can get recruited and leave and so they, they play in these like dirty run down areas gyms or fields or whatever and um there's a lot of clashing issues with each other and this documentary just dives in and like follows up close like every waking moment of um these people's lives coaches and players and everything and it's yeah. it's very fascinating um just as a sports fan and sports documentary fan it's really good work and that's just intriguing to me um some seasons have been better than others but long story short they've had five seasons covering three different colleges junior college football. And that had a very distinct flavor to it and they decided to switch it up to a basketball team mm-hmm. for the uh most recent season. And I think it's among the most if not the most enjoyable
1: that it's it, been. It feels like such a natural like it the way they film it, it feels like basketball is the best choice for sport oh, to do it with. Yeah. It's like yeah. smaller roster, you get a lot more quality time with you each see player. Faces, like, yeah. you get to know the people a lot better. Yeah.
0: So Where, yeah, with, with the football ones, they would... You have a team, you have, like, 100 kids there. Yeah. So you focus a lot on, like, the coach, and then you pick, like, five or six stories to follow. But there's so much happening you don't know about. With this, like, you can see everything that's happening, mm-hmm. like, all the team dynamics. And it also, what this one does really well, more so than it could in football, is showing how a basketball team actually works. hmm like how everything plays into a team's performance it's like you, you see a team playing well or not playing well from a distance and you're like well what's up with that like why does that work or not work you don't realize all the like little things like how they're practicing like who's injured what someone's attitude is like like all of those things need to work together at the same time and like this show captures it like so brilliantly um mm-hmm. but um that's oof, i could talk all day about this honestly keep talking about
1: <laughs> okay uh Who's your favorite character from this season? Ooh, um, there's so many. Um, th- this
0: was by far the most likable crew of characters. Mm-hmm. The, the, with the football ones, you had a few people you could root for here and there. For the most part, the biggest issue was the coaches were not very likable. Mm-hmm. They focused a lot of attention on them. Um,
1: they, this season, is, that is not the that's case. That's not
0: the case. They went polar opposite. The coaches in the past tend to be... Um, they have a lot of like issues themselves, like there's a reason they're at junior college too mm-hmm. um they have their own personal issues and whether you want to call them character issues or whatever um they're not horribly likable
1: on the well, other hand, this season this season, and i'm forgetting his name coach Mosley coach mosley um <laughs> it's even said in the in the season in at some point he could be a division one coach, yeah, but he believes so. Like, he is so passionate about helping these kids get to where they need to be mm-hmm. and, like, helping them get a head start in life. And they, they don't talk about it a ton, but it's brought up where it's, like, he doesn't, like, it's not necessarily about letting them play Division One basketball, but it's about getting them a degree so they yeah. get a so head start can, in life yeah. and they can get a better job and make a better life for themselves. Because like he, came, he came from the same situation. He was mm-hmm. also, so the college is East Los
0: Angeles College. ELAC. Um, ELAC, Yeah. And he, he went there and played there um, and had a similar situation where he was not on a good path and um, basketball in this program helped like turn his life around and get him going in the right direction. Um, but uh, one of the biggest tropes about all the, the other head coaches that it follows in the, in the previous seasons is like you turn on the first episode and you'll hear more foul language than you will in, like, a year of normal life. Um, it's, it's, and there's a lot of language in this
1: season, but not from Coach Mosley. No,
0: like, none from Coach Mosley. But the the language, like, in past season, it's, like, halfway entertaining and kind of funny and halfway alarming at the same time. Like, it's almost an art form how, um, Coach Jason Brown from Independence Community College weaves together language. (laughs) You find out that that's a big reason why he ends up getting in big trouble and gets fired, but you know oh. that's a different story. That's have a, to watch man, that scene, that, is, yeah. that is its own rabbit hole. Oh my goodness, interesting guy. Um, <laughs> but no, Coach Mosley is the opposite. He Coach Mosley, he a cold sucker. <laughs> he makes it a point to not cuss. They do a whole segment on him saying like almost cussing, but then like replacing it, and with, <laughs> they
1: wait till halfway into the season. To show you that, and you, it like clicks. It's like, yeah, wait, like, you know, wait, he, I haven't heard of Gus this, this whole time. <laughs> Everyone else has, but he <laughs> hasn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. I'll, I'll, to answer your question in a roundabout way of who I like the most, I mean, you have to start with him. Like, he's so likable, and the way he like cares about his players. And this is like really the only coach you see who the players openly like return that to him and return like the thanks to it. Like, the guys who play for the coach who's just yelling and cussing him out the whole time mm-hmm. like at the very least they're just indifferent at the worst they like downright hate him like nobody's like that with coach mosley because he treats them like his own son like he he rides them kind of hard and like once perform. there's but.
1: parts where they re- resent him but he they always come back to him right yeah it's always a momentary kind of rebellion but there's that really emotional scene when coach mosley's yelling at him saying like I'm taking time away from my kids and like this, so yeah. I can be here. And you're, and you're mad at me for taking your time. Yeah. And like what about my time? <laughs> and yeah. like that kind of after that point, they're all pretty bought into him. Right. Just, they, I think it was a yeah. pretty eye-opening moment for them all.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Also, like the players' stories in this are a little bit different because they they have their own like tough backgrounds and hard situations and everything. But there's so much more. Cognizant of the goal and the importance of it than some of the football players are. It's like the football players—you seeing them make decisions on camera. That you're like, like, like I know you're not in their shoes, and it's hard to judge. But you're like, you have this chance. Like this is literally your last chance, and you're just like blowing it. Mm-hmm. But like that's not the case with the oh, basketball Joe players. Joe Hampton. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe tries to blow it a few times. He try like literally <laughs> tries to blow it. <laughs> it but they don't get one five advice. times. Yeah, but. Um, Deshawn Hyler really stands out um, he's maybe the, like, the emotional core he has he the
1: most emotional yeah. emotionally driven story I, 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 I cried
0: two times while watching this series one was his story about um, his mom the other time we could save I beat you it, more times. I cried like, five times watching the show. I I, I it might have been more than that, but those I always two I started just,
1: I don't know I've always just counted how many times I cry <laughs> watching things to like make fun of myself. Yeah. Like yeah, I no honestly
0: that. it may have been more, but those are the that one and one other one really stand out. Um, it also is by far the most I've laughed during any season of Last Chance Two. Like this is legitimately funny <laughs> in so many ways. Just like their like reactions to the weird antics that the coach does <laughs> is pretty golden. <laughs> like, um they just like look at the camera and like they're trying not to crack up. But it also shows that they like don't fear him like you would think they would of like a domineering coach. Um mm. and they even give him a chance like like the uh he takes him out into this like retreat in the woods in about the middle of the season as, like, a team-building bonding thing. And one of the exercises he does to give him is he's like, okay, you just get to do your best coach-mostly impersonation. <laughs> and some of the things they come up with, like, that's the most I've laughed.
1: The Sean the Heiler's where he just goes over and looks at him <laughs> and gets in real close <laughs> yeah. and everyone just starts losing it. I, that, that got me pretty good. Yeah. It gets, like, the brotherhood part
0: mm-hmm. of it down really well. Like, they kind of have their own agendas and everything, mm-hmm. but they understand the common goal and it's like it's a functional environment um i i I have to compare it to it's the the second season of independence community college with jason brown like i talked about like that one's entertaining and you can't take your eyes off of it because it just the way he runs things it descends into such anarchy it's a dumpster fire. a dumpster fire you cannot look away like that was the fastest i've ever watched any season of this show Is that i believe it's season four um this is the complete opposite, where
1: it's like it's working so well and it's coming together. I, I found myself I wanting it. to spread the episodes out. Like, yeah, I wanted sure. to have time to rest with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I wanted to take a day in between them. I, I couldn't do that. I tried <laughs> a little
0: bit, but it was just too good. I, <laughs> I,
1: I maybe watched, watched like, two at a time. Yeah. But yeah.
0: they're kind of long episodes, too. The other um, really emotional part is right at the end, obviously. So an interesting part about... This season, as it took place,
1: we gotta throw a spoiler alert. Out. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Don't D- skip forward D- four D- ish, four hours, four hours. <laughs> we'll go so watch, crying. go watch Justice League, <laughs> uh, and then come back, and we'll we'll have we'll have completed the spoiler section of the Last Chance you basketball yes. season. Um. Anyway.
0: Um, the, it took place during COVID and the shutdown, um, and they were starting to hit their peak and getting to the playoffs right at the point when the season got shut down. Mm -hmm. And the scene where their, their final scene in the locker room when they, when they find out that it's shut down and they're not going to have a chance to play and seeing these big athletic grown men just like break down and like ball and hug each other and like seeing, their reaction of having this taken away from them it's like that like really hits it's like when, when the whole covid sports thing shut down it felt like an annoyance almost like oh we don't get to see sports like forever but you don't think about like how like mentally and how like viscerally this like affected
1: them as it was happening this could have ruined their lives almost. right like, it it's could have their kept them from getting to the next level which we do find out later that a lot of them end up do going to the next level anyway but they didn't know that at the time they didn't know that at the time It's like, it's not just like a
0: game we're talking about. This is like, this was my only chance to turn my life around, and it may not happen now. And I've, like, done everything right in this program and poured everything into it, and it just might not matter. Mm -hmm. Like, it it hits you. Seeing Joe Hampton just, like, bawling, it's like,
1: well, it hits. (laughs) Unfortunately, I actually knew where Joe Hampton played basketball before the season aired. I knew he played for Long Beach State. Because I'm from Long Beach, so I just, like, pay attention to them a little bit. So that took some of the... So I knew Joe Hampton would be all right, basically. Which,
0: if you... Like, (laughs) I didn't know that he would be all right, because seeing all the other seasons of this show and seeing all these players flame out and not make it, I'm like, this looks like a classic example of a guy who just can't keep it together. Yeah. doing temper tantrums. The (laughs) the
1: scene where the... What's his name? Coach Ricky? What's it? Coach Reggie? The one in the wheelchair... Joe Hampton leaves practice because he's so upset, starts taking off all his practice clothes, and is just super mad, and the coach in the wheelchair just goes in and starts getting at him, starts talking to him, and basically, like, I don't know how he did it, but Joe... He gets dressed again! gets redressed. (laughs) In the same scene, like, it doesn't cut away. It doesn't (laughs) cut away, like, it just... Completely reverses, just gets back dressed up. He's still amped up, but now he's just like amped up to go back to practice. That coach was a wizard, <laughs> <laughs> and he even he has to wheel the coach back out of the water. He's, he's got to wheel the coach <laughs> back. The visual
0: of that is so brilliant. That coach
1: was really cool as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: um, very likable um, cast of characters. But even if you're not a big sports fan, this is a good a, way to learn a lot about sports, yeah. and it's also just good human storytelling done very well. I I think and like you said, it's I think they really
1: found their groove doing it with, with basketball. Like mm-hmm. it, I mean, think they'll very definitely do more basketball seasons. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be upset if they did two more seasons with ELAC. No. Well I, first
0: of all they can't like I don't know if ELAC even played this past season yeah. because California things are like still Pretty shut bad. down sports wise. Yeah. Um I forget that that we're still Yeah. The world is still ending. Yeah, we're only one year into the five-year blip.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, we can still get a bank loan. (laughs) Well, we haven't Um, disappeared, so. I do want to say this show does a really good job of putting you on the edge of your seat with like yeah. the basketball. It's like they're every game it's like, oh my gosh, they they they're on this long winning streak, it's like, oh man, is this the one they finally lose? And then they win by thirty. And it's like, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> well and also like it does such a good job of picking out
0: topical issues to pair with games. Like it's not just like the back and forth every basket. Mm-hmm. It's like the the show will like be focusing on a certain like player character or whatever and their like struggle or what they're going mm-hmm. through. And, like, that will be paired with a game mm-hmm. where, like, they're having a certain struggle or they overcome something or they make, like, a big... Like the turn. KJ
1: episode, you see KJ balling out and all yeah. that. And then the Joe Hampton episode where they're talking about, like, how he should be a starter. He comes off the bench and drops, like, 15 in, mm-hmm. like, a minute or two. yeah And just, yeah, they did a very good job. Yeah, and it's, it's very
0: well made. Yes. It's very understandable and relatable even if uh, even if sports ain't your cup of tea.
1: Be ready for some foul language,
0: but... Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I But would, not nearly as much as if you start at the beginning and go with football. True. Um, you, you could... I, I, I If you are completely unfamiliar with this, I would just as soon recommend starting with basketball because that's... You don't need to watch the others. No, they have nothing to do chronologically with it. And if you want to go back later and... Uh, you got me so intrigued on more.
1: that Br- the Jim Brown season is that what it is? J- Jason Brown, Jason yeah, Brown. It's Jim Brown. season?
0: <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Brown, Jim Brown's just at a community college, just cussing up his story. <laughs> no, but uh, it would be seasons three and four. Um, oh, he got two seasons. Yeah, so they have done that before. So yeah, so okay, mo- so this may
1: not be the last we've seen of Mosley. No, Ooh. but
0: I don't know what they've done the past year with everything like shut down. Basically, I, I don't on. know what they've made. But they don't have um, to do it
1: consecutive seasons.
0: But um. No, basically it works out. So the first two seasons are East Mississippi Community College. Um, Those are pretty good.
1: I think that's why I didn't watch the second season. It's because it was just going to be the same school, and I was like, oh, never mind, I don't want to watch it."
0: And that one, that turns into kind of its own dumpster fire. Um, But if you really want to see a different situation, seasons three and four are pretty interesting. Um, Season four then goes downhill. But you, you, need, you need to see season three to understand who Jason All right. Brown is. Well, I'll give him a <laughs> and, watch. And then season five is another football at Alaney Community College in Oakland. It's okay, but they didn't go back to it. And I think for obvious reasons, like it wasn't, it didn't pop in the way they were that the others did. But no, start out with basketball if you're completely new with this. Um, streaming on Netflix, you'll probably tear through it. Pretty Just quick. like Ben did. Yeah. No, every time a new season comes out, I watch it, like, way too fast. <laughs> it's one of those things you wish it almost had, like, more episodes.
1: I I get that. Yeah. Well, the this season especially would have gone on for another two or three episodes, yeah. probably. And that's the thing, is, you like, I didn't know
0: how far they got into their postseason before it got shut down but you can kind of tell with how much it's like slowing down and drawing out at the end like okay there's one episode left and they've only played like one playoff game like this is gonna end sadly like mm-hmm. we're gonna have a scene in the locker room where they're all crying <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> but
1: still very very much worth very much worth the ride Yeah. well that's last chance you basketball remix what's next do we have anything else how are we doing time-wise? We can go as long as people are listening. Well, no one's listening right now.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we don't really have a way plan because um, we've done way for four things already. I can do so... way
1: <laughs> What are you watching, Phil? What am I watching? <laughs> All right. So, I think it's a USA show, I'm watching it on Netflix though, uh, it is called The Sinner, and I'm not prepared to talk about it at all, but it is a crime investigation show, He, the main character is a detective, and what makes this show unique is that there's three seasons, but it is not every, it's not like your Law and Order, CSI type thing where each episode is kind of a new crime thing. This is one season is a whole thing, but it's different again, because they show you the crime at the beginning. There's no question about what happened. Mm -hmm. You know what happened. Like, you know, this lady killed this person and like, you know how she did it. You watched it happen. There's no question about whether she is innocent or not. Right. But this detective doesn't care about that. He is obsessed with finding out why. And finding the whole backstory to be able to explain this, because there's it's not always as black and white as it may seem. And so, as you, so the main character is played by Bill Pummel, I think is his name, most famously from Independence Day. Um, Which character was he in Independence Day? The president, maybe. Okay. Anyway, the president. Um, and so it's it's a very interesting it It's interesting to me because you see all these detective shows and it's it's very fast paced This one's not incredibly fast paced and the detective is not interesting because he's this in- incredibly intelligent like charismatic guy like his thing is that he just really cares about what he's working on ah okay, like, yeah. and like he really invests himself into his work and partially destroys his personal life because he's so invested in it um but it's it's interesting to me because as you learn more about him and you learn more about his past, the only constant between the three seasons is him. So you can watch each season somewhat standalone. But it's it's funny because the show is called The Sinner. The only com- constant between the three seasons is him. So in fact, as he is you, the you learn more about his past, you question realize mark, like question mark. He's actually the sinner, uh-huh. right? and you're just watching like the show's about Clever him. He's girl. he's the sinner. But the first season is pretty dark. The concept and the crime and what happens is pretty heavy and pretty tough to watch. But the second season and the third season are a tad lighter, and you don't need to watch the first season to enjoy the next two. I do highly recommend this show. It is, okay. it's, it's quite good. Bill Pummel is very good in it, his character is very awkward. He's an awkward character, so sometimes people see that as like the Kristen Stewart, like they're a bad actor thing. But okay, it's like, no, yeah. they're just playing an awkward No, they're character. portraying an actual awkward person. Yeah, exactly. Like who like how it exists in the actual real world. <laughs> Kinda like us right now. <laughs> but <laughs> and they gave us a podcast. Um, but yeah, the Sinner on Netflix, three seasons, good watch, high quality content, and a very if you're if you love crime shows like that but you're, you're looking to take a little step back and get a little, little palate cleanser with some, mm-hmm. with some interesting new ways of telling stories in there, I'd really check out the center. I think it's very good. All right. Well, this is really doing a number on our
0: Waywash scoreboard. I mean, I don't Yeah, are we going to put all these on the scoreboard? I, th- I think we have to. Might as <laughs> well. <laughs> we're going to have to do some sorting and calculations and intense math.
1: Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Well, thanks for listening. No everybody. break today. <laughs> we went all the way through. Um, hope, oh, I hope you were able to stick it out with us and I hope you check out some of the things we talked about. Yeah, some, some good stuff out right now, um, for sure, just because
0: movies, theaters and such aren't in full bloom. That doesn't mean there's not good stuff uh, coming out. So A lot of different genres, a lot of different interest levels. Um, so, yeah, go check it out if you are looking for something new.
1: Good luck on your journey to watch everything. There it is.